0: way. This is Getting to know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ.. Here's Billy Lambert. There are a lot of words that are used
1: in the Bible that have special significance. I think about the word love. That has special significance. And when we study the Bible, we learn about God's love. Another word that has special significance is the word grace. Without God's grace, we could not be saved. Uh, Another word that has special significance is the word sin. Sin actually means to miss the mark. And the fact is, all of us do that, don't we? All of us miss the mark some way or other. Another word that is of special significance is the word lost. It's a Bible word. We're going to look at that. Today we want to think about why men are lost. Why are they lost? What does that really mean? And if something is lost, how can it be found? I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. This course is absolutely free. We'd like for you to have it. We want to pause long enough that you can learn a little bit more about the Bible course. And please let me urge you to avail yourself of the opportunity
0: of getting the course and studying it on your own.
1: I want to read today from the 15th chapter of Luke's Gospel, and I'm going to start reading it, verse number 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, it lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home... He calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there shall be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons that need no repentance. In this particular parable of Jesus, he tells about a man who had a hundred sheep and one sheep wandered away. It was lost, lost in the wilderness. And the shepherd went looking for that one sheep that was lost. And he said that there's more joy over that one sheep that was lost than the 99 sheep who were still in the fold. Can men be lost? Can men be lost? And if they can, who says they can be lost? Well, Jesus says men can be lost. The reason Jesus came into this world was because men are lost, because we are lost. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says that that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And humanity was lost, and Jesus came to save that which was lost. And Jesus came in order that men might be saved from their lostness. Matthew 1:21. his parents were told to call his name Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. Jesus in Matthew 16 and verse 26 talked about a man losing his soul, that his soul would be lost. Jesus asked, well, what is a man profited? if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So Jesus, the divine Son of God, says that men can be lost. Well, the Apostle Paul also uh, taught that men could be lost. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, he wrote, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power." Paul is telling me, hey, men can be lost. They can be lost. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 10 says, We're not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Those that draw back to perdition are are lost. So the Bible teaches men can be lost. The apostle Peter taught people could be lost. Why God spared not the angels that sin, 2 Peter chapter 2, but cast them down into hell and they are reserved in chains of darkness under the day of judgment. Men can be lost, even angels can be lost. And it was John who taught that men could be lost. Those whose names are not written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. And then in chapter 21 of the book of Revelation in verse 8 he said, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the whoremonger and the idolaters and and sorcerers and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. John was the apostle of love. But but John said men can be lost. Yes, it's possible for men to be lost. But what does that really mean? When we talk about people being lost, what does that really mean? Well, it means that there is a separation from that individual from God. Now, that which separates a man from God is man's sin. God did not cause the separation, man caused the separation. Man made a conscious decision to violate the law of God, and in so doing, it separates him from God. The the Lord's uh, 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 ear is not heavy, they cannot hear, and and in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1, uh, and so Isaiah said, it is your sins, it is your iniquities, that has separated you from your God. Sin separates men from God. That's led Paul to write in Romans 6:23, The wages of sin is death. Spiritual death. Spiritual death. When men sin and violate the law of God, it causes a separation between man and God. And so... It means that people are separated. It means spiritual death. The wages of sin is death. And then it also means eternal punishment. That's what it means to be lost. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 46, Jesus is talking about the future life. And Jesus has has the judgment scene in play there. And Jesus said, "...and these shall go away into everlasting punishment." but the righteous and the life eternal. It has the sheep on the one hand, the goats on the left, the, the saved on the one hand, the lost on the other hand. And those that are lost are going into everlasting punishment. That's what it means to be lost. But now question, why are men lost? If that's the case, is it the will, desire, and the decree of God that, that people be lost? And unequivocally, I would have to say no. It is not the will, the desire, the decree of God Almighty that one single person be lost. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. As a matter of fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 4, we're told that God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. God doesn't want anyone lost. He's willing that all men should repent of their sins, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, Acts 17 and verse 30. God doesn't want anyone lost. It's not God's will, it's not God's desire that men be lost. Now, men are lost, but it's not because God did not love them. Because the fact is, God loves the world. For God so loved the world. And that means the world. That means all the people of the world. Every person in the world. Even those who we would consider to be some of the worst people in the world. God still loves them. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That is, not lost any longer, but they might be saved. God loved us. God commends His love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, if men are lost, it's not going to be be because they were not loved. Because God is love. And God sent His Son because of that love. And men are not going to be lost because the number's fixed. That is, a certain number of people can be saved. That many, no more. The number is not set. No, no, God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2, 4. When Peter was uh, 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 at the house of Cornelius, and Cornelius fell down before Peter, and Peter said, stand up, I'm just a man. And then this is what Peter said, I perceive of a truth that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The truth is God is willing to save all mankind. First John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 reads like this, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, if any man sin, we have an Advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous, and He is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. When Jesus died, He died for the sins of the whole world. Folks, the number is not set. It's not fixed. And any individual, regardless of who they are or where they are, regardless of their background, regardless of their economic status, regardless of their educational attainments or the lack thereof, they can come to Christ and they can be saved of their sins. No, no, the number is not fixed. The number is not set. Occasionally you'll hear some teacher talking about a certain number of people are going to be saved and everyone else is going to be lost. That individual has not been reading his or her Bible enough. Men are not going to be lost because the means of salvation has not been provided. Because there is not a way to be saved. The fact is there is a way. And the truth is, there's just one way. There's just one way. And that one way is God's way. Let me tell you, God knows more than we do. Did you realize that? Now, there are some people who think they know more than God. I I, I see people that seem to think they know more than God. And they they start assuming that they know what God is thinking and what God will do and what God will not do. They'll they'll say something like this, "I, I just can't see how God could do this, or how God could do that. Well, the fact is, God's wiser than we, smarter than we are, has greater thoughts than we are. You know, in Isaiah 55, the Lord said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways than your ways. As the heavens are higher than there are, so are my thoughts and your thoughts, and my ways than your ways. God's thoughts and God's ways are superior to ours. And so we need to listen to God, and God has one way for us to be saved. Just one way. And that's through the cross of Christ. Listen to Acts 4.12, "...neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved." Now you see, men are not lost because a way to be saved has not been provided. When you think about the cross of Jesus Christ, recognize the fact that that cross stands as a bridge from earth to heaven. It stands as a bridge to go from God to our lives of sin, and we cross that chasm created by our sins and get to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Men are not lost (coughs) because that the way of salvation is hard to understand. I think about what Jesus said in John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Folks, we can know the way. Does it seem sensible to you that God would give His Son to die on the cross for the salvation of the world, to save the world from sin, and then turn around and give us a plan of salvation that was so confusing, so complicated, that we couldn't understand it. That just doesn't seem like the God of the Bible to me. It's easy to understand. Jesus said you can know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, the question then, if that's the case, why is it that men are lost then? If God loves man and God wants man saved and, and anybody can be saved, it's a whosoever will may, can, thing. That whosoever wants to come to Christ can come. Why is it then men are lost? And men are lost simply because they reject Jesus Christ. John 5 and verse 40, Jesus said, And you would not come unto me that you might have life. You see, they reject him. Jesus was rejected for the whole of His life. Actually, when He was born, you remember His parents were trying to find a place to spend the night and we're told in Luke 2, 7, there's no room in the inn. And from that time to this, the world largely has had no room for Jesus. And even in the 21st century, there are people whose lives they they have no room for the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, men are lost because they don't make room for Him. In John chapter 1, verse 11, He came to His own, and His own received Him not. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42, The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Jesus was despised and rejected of men. Isaiah chapter 53. You see, men are lost because they reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, it's a serious thing to reject Jesus. One day we're going to stand before him and he will be the judge of mankind. And in John chapter 12 and verse 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. You see, the word Jesus has spoken will be our judge, that is, by his word will be judged on that last day. It's a serious thing to reject Jesus Christ. But it was predicted that he would be rejected. Have you not read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. Have you rejected the Lord Jesus Christ? You said, well, Brother Lambert, I I believe in Jesus. I, I don't want to reject Jesus and I don't want to be lost. Well, what do, I, what do I have to do to, to, to be saved? First of all, you've got to surrender your will to His will. And that really is hard for us sometimes, to, to bend our will, to, to, to fit the will of God. Jesus gave us an example of what that really means in the Garden of Gethsemane when, when He was praying to His Father. And, and He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So he wanted God's will, not his will, to be done. When we get to the point in our lives that we say no to self and no to our selfish desires and our self-will, and I say, Lord, I just want to do your will in my life, then we're beginning to get on the right road that leads to our salvation. If you've not yet gotten to that point, where you're willing to give up your will and your desires to coincide with the desires that Jesus has for your life, then you're not yet ready to find out what to do to be saved. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? But you don't do the things that I say. Are you, you say, well I, I believe He's Lord, I believe He's Christ, but are you willing to bend your will to His? And also, we've got to cut some ties with things that would bind us and things that would hinder us in following Jesus. In Luke 14, 33, Jesus said, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. You see, you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't have Jesus and, and then have the life that you used to live before you allegedly gave your life to Christ. You're going to have to cut some ties that will bind you and, and cause you to, 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 to not serve Jesus in the best possible way. He said, well then, Brother Lambert, what must I do to be saved? Well, well let me suggest that you must believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You said, absolutely, I do. Peter acknowledged that in Matthew 16 and 16. He said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Not only must you acknowledge your faith in Jesus Christ, you must be willing to repent of all of your sins. In Acts 3.19, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And repentance is a change of mind for the better. And then we must be willing to confess our faith in Jesus Christ as being the divine Son of God. Like the man in Acts 8 8th chapter, we, we call him the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch. And he's now being taught the gospel by Philip the evangelist. They've been riding along the chariot and he's preaching Jesus to the man. And the man said, here's water, why can't I be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe, you can. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Are you willing to acknowledge that? Do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? You say, Brother Lambert, I've already been baptized. What did the preacher ask you before you were baptized? Did he ask you, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Or did he ask you, do you believe that God for Christ's sake hath pardoned your sins? You see, the question should be, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And upon the confession of your faith in Christ, you're to be baptized into Christ that your sins be washed away. I read now from Acts twenty-two, sixteen. 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Baptism is an immersion. Baptism is a burial in water. And baptism in water is for the remission of sin or for salvation. It is to be preceded by faith in Christ, repentance of one's sin, confession of one's faith in Christ. And when we're immersed into Jesus Christ, it puts us into Christ, into His death, the benefits of His death. Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. It puts us into the body of Christ the church 1 Corinthians 12:13 Acts 2:47 Have you ever been baptized into Christ? You know, friends, Jesus said, "He that believeth and he is baptized shall be saved." But that's just the beginning. Once you're baptized, there's a life to live. You live for Jesus every day. You let people see Christ living in you and then on the Lord's day because you love the Lord you gather with God's people on the Lord's day where you partake of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of the death of Jesus Christ pray together sing together give as God has blessed us back to his work Oh, what a time it is to gather on the first day of the week to worship in spirit and in truth. Somebody says, Brother Lambert, uh, I know what you're saying is true because I've been listening to you for a long time. I get letters from people who who are not Christians, who who are not yet saved, and, and they tell me, Brother Lambert, I've been watching and I've been listening and I've been studying along with you, but I've never been baptized like you're talking about. My friend, the time for you is now. It is now. You see, the Bible always talks about today being the day of salvation. Somebody says, well, what about tomorrow? Solomon says, boast not yourself of tomorrow, for a man doesn't know what a day is going to bring forth. You don't know that you'll have a tomorrow. None of us knows that. All we have is today. fact is, tomorrow... (laughs) You could be so hardened about the messages that I've been teaching that you'd never obey the gospel. You see, we can become hardened to the gospel. The gospel will do one of two things to your heart. It will soften your heart. or By your rejection of it, it will harden your heart. You'll just become hardened to the gospel. Paul in Ephesians 4.19 talked about those who beget get past feeling. We can get to the point that we're no longer disturbed about our lost condition. And then tomorrow, regrettably, some of us watching right now could be dead. Because it's appointed unto a man once to die. And then comes the judgment. And tomorrow could bring your death. Tomorrow all of us could be before the judgment seat of Christ. Tomorrow we could be in eternity. So today is your day of salvation. If you've never obeyed the gospel, let me encourage you to do it. Get in touch with us. We'll find someone who can baptize you into Jesus Christ. There's nothing that would thrill us anymore than to assist you and rendering obedience to the gospel of Christ. I want to thank you for watching today. Let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, right now, pick up the phone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep
0: you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible@golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting Getting to Know know Your your Bible 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 has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.